0: You're listening to the Let's Talk Bible Podcast, a Bible study podcast for kids
1: and parents.
0: We're your hosts,
1: Will, Charlotte, and Chase. But we call him Dad.
0: Dad'll work too. Each week, we're talking about the world of the Bible, along with interesting facts, history, and words to help you better understand what you read. The Bible doesn't have to be confusing, it actually makes a lot of sense. Sometimes you just need to talk it through. We hope our conversations help your family have some better conversations too.
2: Conversations are always good.
0: We hope it helps us all know Jesus better and learn to follow him with all of our heart, soul, mind,
2: and strength.
0: Let's talk Bible. Well, it's great to be back together, picking up where we left off in our conversations through the Gospel of Luke. We are in the middle of Luke chapter 6, and we've been talking a lot about the crowds that were following Jesus, which we're going to get again today. What do you remember about the crowds so far from Luke's Gospel?
2: They all wanted stuff from him.
0: Yeah, and how big were those crowds, Charlotte? Do you remember how Luke describes the crowds? Big? Big. They were big, and they were constantly pressing against Jesus, trying to get close to Jesus, trying to touch Jesus. And yeah, well, we've talked a lot about how the crowds constantly wanted to see miracles. They wanted to see signs. The crowds were often coming because they wanted to see Jesus do impressive things. And one of the challenges was they weren't often listening to what Jesus was saying. Well, we're going to get today more of the crowds, but Jesus is going to call out some individuals from those crowds. And then he's going to say something that I bet the crowds didn't expect to hear. So, what do you think we get mom in and read our passage for the week?
1: Let's go, Mom.
3: Luke, chapter 6, verse 12. Now it was during this time that Jesus went out to the mountain to pray, and he spent all night in prayer to God. When morning came, he called to his disciples and chose twelve of them, whom he also called apostles. Simon, whom he named Peter, and his brother Andrew, and James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called the Zealot, Judas the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. Then he came down with them and stood on a level place. And a large number of his disciples had gathered along with a vast multitude from all over Judea, from Jerusalem, and from the sea coast of Tyre and Sidon. They came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who suffered from unclean spirits were cured. The whole crowd was trying to touch him, because the power was coming out from him and healing them all. Then he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for the kingdom of God belongs to you. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you and insult you, and reject you as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and jump for joy, because your reward is great in heaven. For their ancestors did the same things to the prophets." But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your comfort already. Woe to you who are well satisfied with food now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all people speak well of you, for their ancestors did the same things to the false prophets.
0: Well, thanks, Mom. A really interesting passage of Scripture. Actually, a lot in there for us to talk about. But what stood out to you? Any questions or observations you had from our passage this
2: week? It's weird that Jesus doesn't just do the Beatitudes, he also lists warnings. What do Beatitudes mean?
0: That's a good question, Charlotte, and a good observation, Will. The Beatitudes is the term for what are these statements that begin with the word blessed. Did you hear when Mom was reading, she said, Blessed are you when you are poor, or blessed are you when you are mourning, or blessed are you when you're persecuted? The word beatitude is just the same word for blessed, and so these are the statements of things that Jesus calls blessed. And, well, you're probably familiar with the fuller list of the beatitudes. In Matthew's gospel, he gives us a fuller number of these beatitudes, and he doesn't include those woes or the warnings that Luke records here, which raises an interesting question about what Luke is recording. Sometimes in Luke's gospel, where you find the beatitudes, you hear that referred to as the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus was on the mount or the mountain speaking here Luke describes Jesus coming off the mountain and speaking to the crowd that was on the plain the plain of open ground beneath the mountain so sometimes this sermon will be called the sermon on the plain there's a couple of options probably these are the same event Matthew's recording Jesus standing on the mountain Luke is recording the crowd that spread out on the plain And Luke has slightly condensed the sermon, which you guys listen to me preach sermons all the time. Sometimes preachers will repeat things in sermons they've said before. So it could be that these were two different sermons Jesus gave, but probably Matthew and Luke are recording the same thing. So we'll have to talk a little bit about what it means for these things to be blessed and what are these warnings. But anything else that stood out to you from the passage?
1: I liked hearing all the names of Jesus's disciples.
0: That is a very important passage, Charlotte, and I think a good place for us to note an important person, place, or thing, or in this case, maybe persons.
2: It's an important person, place, or thing. We've uncovered a person, place, or thing that's important for you to learn more about. today.
1: important person is the Apostles.
0: Great. Well, let's talk a little bit about what it means to be an apostle. There's really, in this story, three, maybe even four groups of people. There's the larger group of followers. This is the crowd that we've been talking about. People from all over the region of Galilee and maybe even further who had heard about Jesus' miracles and came because they wanted to see for themselves. And then we've also been talking about the opponents of Jesus, the religious leaders, the Pharisees and scribes that came from Jerusalem to consider what Jesus was doing and teaching. Then there is a group of followers of Jesus called disciples. These are those who have gone beyond the crowd, who are probably following Jesus and trying to really learn what he's teaching and consider themselves to be followers of him. But out of that group of followers, Jesus calls 12 individuals, who he calls apostles. To be an apostle is just a messenger or a representative. You know how we elect people that go and pass laws for us? They represent where we live in Missouri or maybe what state you live in. These apostles were representatives of Jesus and representatives of the kingdom that Jesus was coming to talk about. There's also something important going on, I think, with Jesus choosing to call those 12 apostles here in this scene. and Probably something important about the fact there were 12 of them. Now, one of the things we've been learning a lot about, when we read Jesus and we see him do something or say something that maybe is unfamiliar to us, over and over and over we find that Jesus is doing things because he was picking them up from the Old Testament and acting them out in the New. He was connecting what he was doing and saying with the Old Testament before. In fact, a couple of weeks ago I said, if you want to follow Jesus and act like Jesus, you should probably know the Bible because Jesus so often quotes and acts out the Bible. When you think of an individual going up on the mountain to pray and then coming down and preaching this sermon to a crowd, are there any Old Testament images or stories that come to your mind? Moses? That's great. When did Moses do something like this? Do you remember that story?
2: When he got the Ten Commandments And then came down from the mountain?
0: That's right. There's this really familiar story in Exodus 19, in which all of Israel, the whole crowd, the nation, was at the base of the mountain, and Moses went up on the mountain to be with God, and do you know what God told him in chapter 19? That when he came down, he should tell them, give them the law, and teach them about the law. Well, it's interesting. What does Jesus do when he comes down off the mountain? He begins preaching the Sermon on the Mount, which is all about the law, how we should act and live. But in Exodus 19, God also told Moses that he should gather all of the sons of Jacob. What he was talking about was Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then how many sons did Jacob have? Do you remember the sons of Jacob in the Old Testament?
2: Twelve, right?
0: That's right. Jacob had twelve sons that became the twelve tribes of Israel. And so when Moses was done speaking, he was supposed to come off the mountain and gather the twelve tribes, the twelve sons, all of the nation of Israel. Well, isn't it interesting that Jesus, alone on the mountain praying with God, comes down and what does he do? He names 12 apostles. Then he preaches a sermon about how we should live in his kingdom. Jesus is acting just like Moses did when he came off the mountain. And the reason Jesus is calling 12 apostles is because he's trying to make the point that his message, Jesus' message, is for all of the tribes, all of the people of Israel. And just like God had promised in the Old Testament— That Do you remember the promises to Abraham that they would be a blessing to all the nations? That so too these 12 tribes of Israel, these 12 apostles, would become a blessing to all the nations through what Jesus was going to do. So it sets us up for the section that we're getting ready to look at. After today, for the next several weeks, we'll be talking about Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And we'll be talking about how Jesus understood the law of the Old Testament and how he presented it as a part of what he was doing in this kingdom that he was bringing. And so it's important for us to understand these 12 apostles, as Jesus is taking his message to all of Israel and ultimately to the ends of the earth. That's our important person for today, the 12 apostles, and we'll certainly see more of them to come. Well, I think we've done a pretty good job of setting up the setting, Jesus on the mountain and coming down before the crowd like Moses, but that brings us to what Jesus said. He's actually going to preach a long sermon. For several weeks, we'll be talking about it, but we just looked today at the beginning of that sermon. In the beginning of that sermon, Jesus said, and it's kind of a strange statement, do you remember some of the things he called blessed? What did Jesus say was blessed?
2: Blessed are you who are hungry. Blessed are you who are poor.
0: That's right. If you're hungry, poor, blessed are those who weep, so who cry. Do you remember that one? And blessed are those who are persecuted. Do you guys know what the word persecuted means?
1: Like somebody killing you?
0: It could be, yeah. Often people were persecuted and put to death. They were martyred for their faith. But what Jesus says here is actually broader than that. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, or they insult you. Have you ever been excluded or insulted before? Yeah. Well, Jesus is specifically talking about the kind of persecution that happens because you're a follower of Jesus. That's what he says. For my name's sake, because you are associated with the Son of Man. Well, what do you think about Jesus saying that it's blessed, it's good to be poor, to be mourning, to be hungry, and to be rejected by others? What a strange thing to say. What do you think Jesus is getting at?
1: People who are sad in heaven, they'll be happy. But people who are poor will be rich in heaven.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. Jesus says something that is peculiar. I like that word, strange to us. That doesn't seem to be how our world works. Part of what Jesus is saying is the way that we measure success isn't how he measures success in his kingdom as a follower of Jesus. How do people measure success? What do they think is a meaningful, good life in our world?
1: Like having money and riches, and like a pretty house, and like and like lo- almost
2: everything you can have.
0: Yeah, Will. What are some ways you think people measure being successful in our world?
2: Having lots of wealth, having a big house, yeah, always getting what you want.
0: That's right. We have a way of measuring what we think we need and what we want. I want lots of money and lots of things, and I I want everything to go well for me, and I want to get to do what I want. And Jesus says that if you live that way, if you define the meaning of your life by those things, then you're ultimately going to be disappointed. But if you embrace the fact that there's other ways of measuring success in this life, if you follow Jesus, it may mean that you don't have as much money. It may mean that you actually go hungry or are rejected because you're a follower of Jesus. It may even mean that you weep and mourn through hard situations. But Jesus says that that's not a sign of failure, that for those who weep, they will be comforted, and for those who hunger, they will be filled, and for those who are poor, they will have treasures in heaven. That ultimately, the way that we measure things here and now is not the way that God is measuring things, that he is preparing things that are even better for us. And so we're willing, if it's required to follow Jesus, to be poor or to weep or to even be persecuted or rejected by others. Now, do you remember how we said the crowds were constantly coming to Jesus because they wanted things from him? How do you think that crowd would have responded when Jesus began his sermon and said, Blessed are the poor, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are those who are hungry, and blessed are those who are rejected?
2: The people would be surprised?
0: I think they would have been surprised. That was many of the things they were coming to Jesus specifically for. I think part of what Jesus was doing with the beginning of this sermon was trying to see who was really listening and paying attention. Who was really interested in who he was in his kingdom? Who was interested in knowing Jesus and not just getting things from Jesus? So we're going to talk in a moment about how this might impact the way we live as followers of Jesus today. And it doesn't mean that to be a follower of Jesus, you have to be poor, you have to be rejected, you have to go hungry. We just finished eating dinner, and I'm certainly not hungry right now. But it means that I'm willing to. I'm willing to give up all of the things of this world if it means having Jesus versus Thinking I need all of the things of this world and missing Jesus and losing it all in the end. My life should be about pursuing Jesus no matter the cost. Well, what do you guys think we learn a new word? I'm going to actually give you two words for today, and maybe they're words you can actually use around the house. So, what do you say we learn some Greek?
1: Let's do it.
0: Each week, we're learning a new word from the original languages of the Bible. You might not know it, but the Bible was originally written in Hebrew and Greek.
1: And a little Aramaic.
0: And a little Aramaic, that's right, also. Each week, we'll teach you an important word from these original languages, so you can better understand the important themes of the Bible. So, let's learn our Word of the Week. All right, I'm going to give you a word from our passage, and then we'll add a second word to it so that you've got a couple to work with. And as we were reading our passage, the translation we read actually translated the word ancestors. Do you know what the word ancestors means?
1: Like sisters and brothers and like
0: cousins. Usually ancestors means people in the past. So you're right. It means family, people who are you related to you, but it's usually people in your past. And the way in the Greek that it actually writes this, it doesn't say ancestors, it says fathers. That was the way you might speak of your ancestors. My fathers before me, which is like your grandfather and your great-grandfather and your great-great-grandfather. Those are your ancestors. So I thought it might be fun to learn the word father, and then maybe you could use that word. Call your dad by this Greek word. The Greek word is pater, father. Can you guys say the word pater?
1: Pater.
2: pater.
0: So now whenever you're done listening to this podcast, you can say, hey, Pater, what are we having for dinner?
2: Hey Pater, you wanna go play catch?
0: I think that's a good idea. Well, okay, if we learn the word for father, I think there's another word we need to learn.
1: Yeah, what's the word for mother?
0: It's gonna sound very similar. The Greek word for mother is mater. Mater. Can you say mater?
2: Mater. Mater.
0: Can you say, hey mater, will you read me a story before bed?
1: And is probably going to say
0: yes. (laughs) Probably so. Well, those are two good words for us to use. And like I said, they're used in Luke chapter 6, father is, talking about ancestors. And so we've learned the Greek word for both father and mother. Those words are pater and mater.
2: Pater and mater. Pater and mater.
0: Great job. Okay, well, let's get into our lessons and then we'll pray over our passage. Well, we've talked quite a bit about the Beatitudes, what it means to be blessed in Jesus's kingdom that are so different from the world's. We talked about Jesus calling apostles and how he was taking this new message, the sermon he was about to give us to all of Israel and on to the rest of the world. What did you guys take away from today's passage that we might be able to pray over?
2: You should be willing to give up everything you have to follow Jesus
0: that's a great lesson. That's one of the things that often the crowd was unable to do, but it's one of the things we're going to see Jesus' disciples actually do. His apostles are going to be able, at the end of the story, to risk even their own lives to be followers of Jesus. Charlotte, do you have any lessons you learned from today?
1: If you have a lot of stuff, you should be willing to give it away for Jesus.
0: That's a good lesson as well. We don't want anything we have, we don't want even our rejection by other people to keep us from following Jesus. We should be willing to give away our things, even to give away our comfort and our peace, no matter what, because Jesus says those who will be identified with him, who will be his followers, the son of man, he says, even those who are persecuted because of the son of man, they will have riches and joy and happiness and comfort and fullness in heaven. We can trust Jesus even with what we don't have. Well, what do you guys say that we pray over today's passage, and we'll close things up? Well, Heavenly Father, we thank you that you sent Jesus to come and to teach us how we could receive from you, and that he came off the mountain, having spent time with you in prayer, and offered us this sermon, that we might learn what's most valuable in this world. And we pray that we wouldn't get distracted by the things of this world, by its riches, or by its comforts, or by its peace, but we would be willing to give away anything that kept us from knowing you. Even if it meant we would be rejected by others because of being your followers, we trust that you have good things ahead for us, and so we receive it. We count ourselves blessed to be your followers. So we pray that you would do what you promised. You would help us to sense that fullness we have to come, that peace we have to come, that joy that is ours through becoming your followers, and that in all things we have you, which matters more than anything else in this world we could have. So, Jesus, we choose again to follow you and to be your disciples. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
2: Amen. Amen.
0: We have this little tradition in our house of offering a blessing before the kids go to school each day. In the book of Numbers, Aaron is given a blessing in which he puts God's name over his people. And we would like to offer you that blessing as we do each morning as well, too. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance to you and give you peace.
1: And lots of peas to eat for lunch.
0: Thanks for listening to the Let's Talk Bible podcast. You can find notes for today's show by going to letstalkbible.kids.com. There you'll find this week's scripture, family discussion questions, and the word of the week. You can also send us a message, maybe a question you have about the Bible. Parents, there's also a sermon for each of our episodes to help you dig deeper into the week's passage. We hope our conversations inspire your family for some conversations of your own. Thanks for listening.